Welcome to Collider Dailies, everyone. Your daily dose of must-know TV and movie news, analysis, reviews, and so much more. Hope you're having a good day so far. How you like our new theme song, Steve? You like it? Uh, I, yes, I think it's great that we finally have one. It's a little weird to be back on dailies. I feel like I haven't done this in like weeks. You know, with my schedule. Busy. You've yeah. been busy. Um, do you want to you want to tell everyone what you've been up to? Because like you've been doing some really damn cool things. Uh, honestly, it's so I'm so overwhelmed by how much is going on right now. Like uh, we've never booked this many events and screenings in all of the years I've been doing the Collider screening series. And like every night this week, except for tomorrow, we have an event. We have all these events for next week. We have events that are being planned that um, that are locked that we haven't even announced yet. Um, and, uh, it's a lot. And, uh, someone I know named Perry left town. So guess who gets to moderate everything? This guy. Well, guess who just did three in a row also. And I will, I'll use that to, uh, to tease the upcoming ones. So the ones that I, I had done recently, uh, it was, uh, it was Suncoast, Extraordinary, and then also Perfect Days. And to tee up the FYC ones, like if it's anything like that Perfect Days conversation, just in terms of like, the like the Q and A being able to see legendary filmmakers and also seeing some of the very best movies that came out in 2023. You do not want to miss the screening series we're doing with landmark right now, because our lineup is real impressive, real impressive. And with Steve moderating those conversations, you are all in for a treat. If you go. Yeah. Last night we did past lives tonight. We're doing the teacher's lounge in Westwood, Mm -hmm. which I tickets are still on sale. Thursday night, we're doing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with the directors at the landmark Sunset. Friday night, we're doing Constellation, which is the series premiere of the new Apple TV series with Numi and uh, Michelle McLaren, the director. And then next week, we, have, um, we haven't announced it yet, but we're going to do The Creator with Gareth Edwards. Oh, wow. We're doing uh, the premiere of a movie on Tuesday night or Wednesday night in Westwood. Uh, it's just like, there's too many to list, but I will say we created a new page on the site that is collider.com forward slash screenings or forwards. It's like, you can, there's a new word at the top of the site and we're going to start collecting emails so people can be directly emailed about our events. Uh, but there's just so many coming up. It's like, wow, really yeah, is there's wow. Def- there's definitely a couple in there that uh, I was not even aware of. So it is a lot of good stuff on the way for anyone who's in L.A. and can snag a ticket. All right. Want to talk some box office, Steve? There's a big movie coming up. Very big movie coming up. And I think it's called Dune. Yeah, I think it's called Dune also. Um, specifically, it is called Dune Part 2. Um, so part of the reason we're talking about this movie's box office chances today is because they just did um, a Dune re-release, uh, a release of the uh, the first movie that came out in 2021? 2021. So that movie came back to theaters, and it seems to have done fairly well. It's reported uh, that the movie took in another $1.6 million over the weekend in North America. And we are here to discuss what that could mean for Dune Part 2. So you see a number like that, Steve. Do you think that that is a sure sign that interest in Dune Part 2 is higher than ever? I mean, there's no debate that Dune 2 is going to be a a juggernaut. Um, I, I see what the numbers are doing on the site. I see the interest in the interviews. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Warner Brothers and Legendary are lifting the social embargo in two days 
after the London premiere ends. Um, I mean, listen, like you, like what's funny is how much people have realized, like I did a tweet and basically said when the social embargo lifts and when the review embargo lifts and it's reached the point now where people are smart enough to know, like, like all these reactions were, oh my God, the movie's amazing. Warner Brothers is lifting the embargo two weeks before release. Like people have figured out what, oh, yeah. uh, when they release, like when the embargo lifts so early, generally that means, you know, the studio is extremely confident in said movie or TV show and that they want people talking about it. When they, like Madam Webb, the review embargo lifted this morning. Uh, in two days. So what does that tell you? Yeah, um, I think everything is looking pretty good right now for Dune Part 2. So I do think that uh, some solid numbers for a re-release bode well for the movie, but also it's well worth reminding everybody that when the first Dune movie came out, it had one of those hybrid releases. And even with that hybrid release, it still posted a pretty impressive opening weekend number. You take away the hybrid release, you're going to see those opening weekend numbers skyrocket. And I also do think that we are in for an unusual situation with a with a series of films where usually when a movie comes out and then we get a subsequent film, the box office and the audience size, of course, narrows. It narrows a little with each new film. I think it's only going to grow with uh, Dune Part 2. I think a lot of people have had time to catch up on the first movie on streaming. And I also think there's going to be increased interest. Like, Yes, Zendaya and Timmy Chalamet are hugely popular individuals, but now they have also got Austin Butler and Florence Pugh. And I think bringing, of course, there's overlapping fan bases here, but bringing in even more fans via people who love Austin and Florence is only going to broaden this movie's fan base. So I think we could be looking at a pretty big number here. I often visit Box Office Pro. I love their long-range forecasts. And one of the most recent ones I saw from them had a range of 50 to 75 million for its opening weekend at the uh, domestic box office. I don't just think it's going to be on the higher end of that. I think it's going to far exceed that. Like I'm I'm tempted to say like I don't know, like 85 million opening yeah, weekend. I, I think it's going to be um, huge. And I think people are kind of like foaming at the mouth for the next big tent pole, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. And I use my sister as a barometer. Uh, my sister is selective with the movies that she's going to. And I was on the phone with her yesterday and she was like, when does Dune 2 come out? I want to see that. And, you know, if that's on her radar as a movie that she's going to go pay to see in the theater, that means it's on a lot of people's radars. And um, I mean, look, once the social embargo lifts and the review embargo lifts, which I can't talk about yet, but like once all that lifts, it's going to be maybe more interest in the movie. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think that the cast is a huge draw and, um, you know, listen, Dune was my favorite movie of that year. And, uh, I'm really, I, I think it's going to do very well at the box office. I am, uh, I'm right there with you. I've got all the faith in the world in this one. I don't have the most faith in our next uh, our next topic of the day as far as box office goes. So right now I am going to do a little Madam Web review for you. I am going to keep it brief and of course very spoiler free. So let's move on over to that. So 
The first thing that I will say about Madam Web is that it's not a great movie. It's riddled with problems. I do think it's got a lot of dialogue that doesn't land. There's a lot of convoluted plot points. I think I could poke holes all over in terms of logic. One thing that I that I got a, a little obsessed with while watching the movie is there's there's a, a frequent use of web-like curtains. And, and framing it so that the curtain is in the frame. And I, I think that's just not nearly as clever as the filmmakers thought it was. So that was like a bunch of stuff that, that bothered me a good deal. As far as things that worked though, I was, I was pretty charmed by the four of them as a found family. Like I, I thought the four of them had pretty decent chemistry together. And I was pretty amused by the banter, like the generational banter between them. So that part did work for me. And now this this other element, Steve, it's it's one of those things that, you know, when something works, but works in a way that the filmmaker doesn't intend. And it gets sure. very confusing whether to call that a good thing just because it worked or is it a good thing because it's not working in terms of what they were going for with the film. That thing is there are echoes of Final Destination all over this movie. I know it was a joke. Like people were laughing about it. Like, oh, it's like Final Destination when the uh, trailer came out. There are, there are what I think are non-deliberate nods to the Final Destination franchise everywhere, everywhere. I was connecting the dots all over the place. And as one of the world's biggest Final Destination fans, I genuinely enjoyed that. I was tickled by that. Every time that happened, there was a big damn smile on my face. So I guess what I'm saying is in conclusion, I enjoyed myself while watching Madam Web, even though I know a lot of elements of this production are subpar and some of the things that I'm praising aren't what the filmmakers intended. That's where I stand on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm very curious about this, but ultimately... I mean, look, I, I'm always rooting for movies to succeed, but I just don't understand what goes on at Sony with these superhero movies and um, with their comic book films and the fact that they just don't seem to ever get them right uh, outside of when they are in partnership with Marvel. Um, it's just very disappointing and it's frustrating as a fan. And I just don't know what, like, I just don't understand why they can't get it right at this point. Saying that, like, they their movies tend to do very well at the box office. Like, I know a lot of people that don't like the first two Venom movies, yet these films have made crazy money, you know? And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the cast of, you know, Sidney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson are pretty popular right now. And it'll be interesting to see how many people just go to see it just to see it. Um, but I really don't know what this movie is going to make in terms of like, will it make $20 million? Will it make 10? Will it make 50? I mean, I have no idea what this movie is going to make. I would estimate more towards 15 to 25, but I, I don't even know if that's accurate. It feels like, it feels like Venom in particular is a stronger example of, you know, like something not being the highest quality film, but having this irresistible irreverent charm. Like I, I feel like that movie, that movie has that in a way that I don't know, like signals a degree of quality. Whereas a lot of a lot of that kind of charm in in Madam Web, it was 
man, it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard to explain when there are things that I like that are unintentional. But I think a, a lot of Madam Web to me feels really dated. Like it's a movie that could have been made in the early 2000s. And a lot of the lines of dialogue lean in that direction too. In some cases, those things would fall flat on their face. But in other cases, I thought that Dakota Johnson's deadpan delivery and, uh, and her, her signature energy, like I think it made it genuinely funny. So I don't know. In comparison to Venom, I think Venom is a little more successful in terms of being playful with that or more consistently uh, successful. Whereas that's, that's I don't think Madam Webb's going to catch on in the same way. Yeah, but that's also you have Tom Hardy, who is just giving it his all. You know, um, Tom Hardy's a really, really talented actor. You know, well, so, and, so, uh, is the, so is Dakota Johnson. And I never I never, ever want to imply that someone is not giving it their all because you, you never no, know. It's, it's not like that. It's just when you see Tom, like that scene with, in the first Venom with Tom Hardy in the fish tank, you know, doing the, the whatever, talking to the lobsters or the crabs mm-hmm. or whatever was in there. I guess a lot of that was improvised, you know, and I mean, yeah, it's like, anyway, I really like that scene. And when he's talking, you know, when he's talking to himself, um, but he has a different energy than Dakota. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Uh, most people do. Um, so do you do you think that this is like gloom and doom for the Sony Marvel movies? Is there an opportunity to to hear people out and pivot? What's going to happen now? Listen, I, I, again, the only... If you had told me Venom was going to make the amount of money it made, I would have like bet every dollar I had that it wouldn't have made that kind of money. You know what I mean? Like the it made crazy money. So I truly don't know about these Sony superhero movies in terms of box office. Also, um, you know, this is the first there's not really last weekend. The box office was really low. There's no um, sports this weekend. You know, Super Bowl's over. Do people just want to go see it? You know, it has a really good release date considering that there's not much other stuff in the Bob Marley movie comes out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the Bob Marley movie and I would recommend it, but that's a completely different film, you know, not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I have no idea what Madam Web is going to make. Well, no. again, I like for, for, uh, for what it's worth intentional or unintentional. I, I kind of was amused by and, and somewhat enjoyed Madam Web. But if you are going to see a movie this week, I recommend backtracking and going to see Lisa Frankenstein. All right, Steve, our final topic of the day is some casting news. This is very exciting because we have our new karate kid. This information came from a Hollywood uh, reporter exclusive, Ben Wong, best known as the star of Disney, of the Disney plus series, American born Chinese will star in the new movie. And then this is a direct quote from their article. The casting comes after a global search that saw thousands of submissions from around the world with 10,000 entries reported in the first 24 hours alone. According to Studio Insiders, Wong delivered a standout audition that demonstrated his deep connection to the character. It also helped that that he is fluent in Mandarin and also highly skilled across many forms of martial arts. Did you watch American Born Chinese, Steve? Do you know uh, anything about his work? I, I have not seen the series, and that is me with so many series. There's way too much. If I'm not doing interviews, it's very hard to watch something. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I will admit I never finished the series. I uh, I was lucky enough to get to moderate something for them that was a, a pre-release thing, and I was able to screen the, the episodes that were available, and not because I didn't like it, but because of other assignments. I just never got around to finishing it. But I will say he makes a really, really big impression in that show, and 
you know, I never want to box an actor into doing one thing and one thing alone. But I saw a lot of things in that show that I think will translate quite well to headlining a Karate Kid movie. So I, I got a really, a really good feeling about his casting here. And then, of course, the next layer of uh, of this story is what the movie winds up being and how it ties into uh, how it ties into the films and what it winds up meaning for the story. I also love the fact that uh, Jonathan Entwistle is the one uh, directing this one because I'm a big fan of uh, of his work. I had written down. Yes. So THR said plot details are being kept under the bonsai tree. Um, but the new installment will bring the story to the East Coast and focus on a team from China who finds strength and direction via martial arts and a tough but wise mentor. And then in parentheses, they include or maybe even two teasing Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio, of course. So that's where we stand on this one. Are you pumped for it, Steve? Uh. Sure. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to watch it like everybody else. I think the key for casting uh, him is that you wanted, ultimately, it's very smart to cast someone who's been in front of cameras, who knows how to do stuff that you're confident in, but is also not well known. So, you know, the person can become, you know, you, you don't see the actor, you see the role. You know what I mean? Um, but I, so I think it's smart casting. In, in terms yeah. of not casting like someone who's never done anything before. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I am I'm really hopeful that that's going to be a great movie with the folks who are involved right now. And really, with every single announcement, I just get even more hopeful. So that one looks like it's in good shape. I'm glad we ended on a positive note here, Steve. Feels like we started positive. We dipped a little bit, but then we got back up. So that's where we're ending this show. Is there anything you want to promote before we close it out? Uh, no, just all the screenings we have, check them out. Uh, there's tons of stuff coming up that has not been announced. I will take a moment to say after you are done watching this edition of Collider Daily, stay right here on this YouTube channel and go click on my Collider Ladies Night interview with Catherine Newton for Lisa Frankenstein. Again, I love Lisa Frankenstein and Catherine, of course, is extremely talented and has a whole bunch of cool titles to talk about past titles, but also an upcoming title, specifically Abigail, which I'm sure you all well know I'm very excited about. So with that, to wrap on today's edition of Collider Dailies, we will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific with a brand new episode. Have a good one, everyone. 